and welcome to Bun Bun Storytime, a podcast where I read various books and discuss them to listeners. In today's episode, I'll continue on my Greek mythology series where I left off. We're going to find out exactly what turned Demeter into a grainzilla. So, join me as I hop right in. Demeter turns into grainzilla. Oh yeah, Demeter! Try not to get too excited, because this chapter is all about the goddess of wheat, bread, and cereal. Demeter just flat out rocks when it comes to carbohydrates. I'm not being fair to her, though. Sure, she was the goddess of agriculture, but she had other things going for her. Among the three eldest goddesses, she was the middle sister, so she combined Hestia's sweet personality with her younger sister Hera's knockout hotness. Demeter had long blonde hair the color of ripe wheat. She wore a crown of woven corn leaves. Not a fashion statement most people can pull off, but she somehow managed. She liked to adorn herself with poppies, which often grow in fields of grain. Or so I'm told. I don't go walking in a lot of grain fields. A dark robe covered her bright green dress, so whenever she moved, it looked like fresh plant shoots breaking through fertile earth. She smelled like a rainstorm over a field of jasmine. Since Hestia decided to never get married, Demeter was the first goddess who seriously drew the attention of the guy gods. Hera was beautiful, too, but her attitude... We'll get to that later. Not only was Demeter good-looking, but she was also kind-hearted, for the most part. She knew how to bake awesome bread and cookies, and she cut a surprisingly warlike figure wherever she went. She rode a golden chariot pulled by a twin dragons. At her side gleamed a golden sword. In fact, one of her Greek names was Demeter Chrysaros, meaning the lady with the golden blade. Sounds like a good title for a martial arts movie. According to some legends, her blade was actually the scythe of Kronos, which she reforged into the world's most deadly harvesting tool. Mostly she used it for cutting wheat, but if she got angry enough, she could probably fight with it. Anyway, the guy gods all liked her. Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades all proposed marriage. But Demeter turned them down flat. She preferred to roam the earth, turning barren plains into fertile fields, encouraging orchards to bear fruit and flowers to bloom. One day, Zeus got persistent. He had just divorced Themis and hadn't remarried yet. He was lonely. For whatever reason, he fixated on Demeter and decided he absolutely had to get with her. He found her in a field of wheat, Big surprise. Demeter yelled at him to go away, but he just kept following her around. Come on, he said. Just one kiss. Then maybe another kiss. Then maybe... No, she shouted. God, you're so annoying. I'm the king of the universe, babe, Zeus said. If we got together, you'd be the queen. Not interested... Demeter was tempted to draw her golden sword, but Zeus was the most powerful god, and people who opposed him got into a lot of trouble. 
<coughs> like Prometheus. <coughs> also, her golden chariot was parked way at the other end of the field. So it's not like she could just hop in and flee. Zeus kept pestering her. Our kids would be powerful, beautiful, and amazing. Go away. Hey, baby, don't be like that. Finally, Demeter got so disgusted, she transformed herself into a serpent. She figured she could lose Zeus by hiding in the fields and slithering away. Bad idea. Zeus could transform into any animal, too. He changed into a snake and followed her. That was easy, since snakes have a great sense of smell, and like I said before, Demeter had a very distinctive rainstorm over jasmine scent. Demeter slithered into a hole in the dirt. Another pretty terrible idea. Zeus slithered in after her. The tunnel was narrow, so once Zeus blocked the entrance, Demeter couldn't get out. She didn't have room to change form. Zeus trapped her and wouldn't let her go until, well, use your imagination. Months later, Demeter gave birth to her first child, a daughter named Persephone. She was such a cute, sweet baby. Demeter almost forgave Zeus for tricking her into reptile hanky-panky. Almost. They didn't get married, and Zeus was pretty neglectful. But still the little girl became the light of Demeter's life. More about Persephone in a sec. I'd like to say that this was the only time Demeter got into a bad situation with a man. But unfortunately, it wasn't. A few years later, Demeter took a vacation to the beach. She was walking along, enjoying the solitude and the fresh sea air, when Poseidon happened to spot her. Being a sea god, he tended to notice pretty ladies walking along the beach. He appeared out of the waves in his best green robes. With his trident in his hand and a crown of seashells on his head, he was sure that the crown made him look irresistible. Hey, girl, he said, wiggling his eyebrows. You must be the riptide, because you sweep me off my feet. He'd been practicing that pickup line for years. He was glad he finally got to use it. Demeter was not impressed. Go away, Poseidon. Sometimes the sea goes away, Poseidon agreed. But it always comes back. What do you say you and me have a romantic dinner at my undersea palace? Demeter made a mental note not to park her chariot so far away. She really could have used her two dragons for backup. She decided to change form and get away, but she knew better than to turn into a snake this time. I need something faster, she thought. Then she glanced down the beach and saw a herd of wild horses galloping through the surf. That's perfect, Demeter thought. A horse! Instantly, she became a white mare and raced down the beach. She joined the herd and blended in with the other horses. Her plan had serious flaws. First, Poseidon could also turn into a horse, and he did, a strong white stallion. He raced after her. Second, Poseidon had created horses. He knew all about them and could control them. Why would a sea god create a land animal like the horse? We'll get to that later. Anyway, Poseidon reached the herd and started pushing his way through, looking for Demeter, or rather sniffing for her sweet, distinctive perfume. She was easy to find. 
Demeter's seemingly perfect camouflage in the herd turned out to be a perfect trap. The other horses made way for Poseidon, but they hemmed in Demeter and wouldn't let her move. She got so panicky, afraid of getting trampled, that she couldn't even change shape into something else. Poseidon sidled up to her and whinnied something like, Hey, beautiful, galloping my way. Much to Demeter's horror, Poseidon got a lot cuddlier than she wanted. These days, Poseidon would be arrested for that kind of behavior. I mean, assuming he wasn't in horse form. I don't think you can arrest a horse. Anyway, back in those days, the world was a lot rougher. A much ruder place. Demeter couldn't exactly report Poseidon to King Zeus because Zeus was just as bad. Months later, a very embarrassed and very angry Demeter gave birth to twins. The weirdest thing? One of the babies was a goddess. The other one was a stallion. I'm not going to try to figure that out. The baby girl was named Despony, but you don't hear too much about her in the myths. When she grew up, her job was looking after Demeter's temple, like the high priestess of corn magic or something. Her baby brother, the stallion, was named Arion. He grew up to be super fast, an immortal steed, who helped out Hercules and some other heroes, too. He was a pretty awesome horse, though. I'm not sure Demeter was really proud of having a son who needed new horseshoes every few months and was constantly nuzzling her for apples. At this point, you'd think Demeter would have sworn off those gross, disgusting men forever and joined Hestia in the permanently single club. Strangely, a couple of months later, she fell in love with a human prince named Ison. Just shows you how far humans had come since Prometheus gave them fire. Now they could speak and write. They could brush their teeth and comb their hair. They wore clothes occasionally and took baths. Some of them were even handsome enough to flirt with goddesses. This dude, Ison, was a hero of Crete. He was handsome and well-mannered, and he always looked out for his local farmers, which was a surefire way to Demeter's heart. One day, Ison was out inspecting some newly plowed fields when Demeter happened by in the guise of a mortal maiden. They started talking. Oh, I love wheat. Me too. Wheat is the best. Or something like that. And they fell in love. They met in the fields several more times. For a few weeks, Demeter was head over heels in love. Of course, something had to go wrong. The next time Demeter visited the fields, Zeus happened to be watching from Mount Olympus. He saw Demeter getting cozy with this mortal guy hugging and kissing and talking about wheat, and Zeus got insanely jealous. Completely unfair, right? Zeus and Demeter weren't even together. Still, when Zeus saw a mortal hero making time with his girl, he blew his top. The nice thing about getting mad at mortals, they are mortal, which means you can kill them. Demeter was giving ice and a big kiss when the sky rumbled, the clouds tore open and lightning flashed. Zap! Suddenly, Demeter was alone in the wheat field, her clothes smoldering. A pile of hero ashes lay at her feet. She wailed and screamed curses at Zeus, but there was nothing she could do. 
She sulked off to her private apartment on Mount Olympus and stayed there for months. When she finally came out, she was holding the last child she would ever bear. A boy named Plutos. Not Pluto. That's a different guy. You don't hear much about Plutos in the old myths either. But he became a minor god of agricultural wealth. He wandered around Greece looking for successful farmers and rewarding them for their hard work with bags of cash. Kind of like the old McDonald prize patrol. At this point, Demeter decided enough was enough. She still had the occasional date, but she never got married, never had another kid, and her relationships with the male gods were always strained. Her experiences also kind of soured that sweet personality of hers. You might not think a grain goddess could be scary, but dang, you should have seen what she did to this one dude, Erikson. I know, stupidest name ever. I think think it's pronounced Erikson, but heck, I'm just guessing anyway. Anyway, this guy was a local prince who thought he was the coolest thing since bronze. He wanted to build himself a huge mansion with lumber from the nearby forests. The problem? The biggest and nicest trees, the only ones he thought were good enough for his mansion, were in a grove that was sacred to Demeter. These massive oaks and poplars soared over a hundred feet tall, and each one had a nature spirit, a dryad, watching over it. The dryads would dance around, singing songs about Demeter and making flower necklaces, or whatever dryads do in their spare time. Everybody in the whole country knew the grove was sacred to Demeter, but Eric, whatever, didn't care. You know, I think I'll just call him Eric. So... Eric got like 50 of his biggest, strongest friends together. He gave them sharp bronze axes, and they headed off to the grove. As soon as the dryads saw them coming, they shrieked in alarm and called on Demeter to protect them. They must have had the goddess on speed dial because she was there in a flash. Demeter took the form of human maiden and appeared in the road right in front of Eric and his army of axe-wielding goons. Oh my, she said. Such strong men. Where are you going? Out of my way, girl, Eric grumbled. We have some chopping to do. But why are you attacking these poor defenseless trees? I need lumber, Eric bellowed. I'm going to make the biggest, greatest, strongest mansion in all the world. His friends cheered and waved their axes menacingly. You should choose other trees, Demeter said, trying to keep her cool. This grove is sacred to Demeter. Bah! Eric said. These are the tallest trees in the land. I need tall trees for my great hall. My friends and I intend to feast there every night. We will have such excellent feasts. I will be famous throughout Greece. His friends shouted, Yum, and made lip-smacking noises. But this is the home of many innocent dryads, Demeter persisted. If the dryads try to stop me, Eric said, I will cut them down too. Demeter clenched her jaw. And if Demeter tries to stop you? Eric laughed. <laughs> Let her try. I'm not afraid of a silly crop goddess. Now, stand aside, or I'll chop you up as well, girl. 
He shouldered the goddess aside and marched towards the largest tree, a huge white poplar. As his axe swung, a blast of hot wind knocked him out on his butt. Demeter grew to massive height, towering above the trees like Grainzilla in her green and black robes, her crown of corn leaves streaming through her golden hair, her scythe blade casting a shadow across the entire group of mortals. So, the giant Demeter boomed, you are not afraid? Eric's fifty goons dropped their axes and ran screaming like little girls. Eric tried to rise, but his knees were jelly. I, I just, I, uh, just, um, you just wanted to be famous for feasting, Demeter roared. And you will feast, Eric Stun, every night, a great feast as you intended. I am the goddess of the harvest, the mistress of all nourishment. You will eat and eat for the rest of your days, but your hunger will never be satisfied. Demeter disappeared in a flash of emerald light. Poor Eric ran away whimpering and swearing to the gods that he would never, ever touch that sacred grove. It didn't matter. That night when he had finished his dinner, he was just as hungry as when he had started. He ate a second dinner, then a third, but he felt no better. He drank like a gallon of water, but he couldn't quench his thirst. Within a few days, the hunger and thirst became unbearable. He only got relief when he slept. Even then, he dreamed about food. When he woke up, he was starving again. Eric was a rich man, but within a few weeks, he had sold most of his possessions just to buy food. He ate constantly, all day, every day. Nothing helped. Eventually, he lost everything he owned. His friends abandoned him. He got so desperate, he even tried to sell his own daughter into slavery to get money for food. Fortunately, Demeter wasn't cruel enough to let that happen. The daughter pleaded for someone to rescue her, and Poseidon came to her aid. Maybe he figured he owed Demeter a favor for the horse-cuddling incident. Maybe he just didn't mind helping out a pretty mortal girl. Anyway... He took the girl under his protection and made her a housekeeper in his underwater palace. As for Eric, he wasted away and died in agony. Happy ending. Word got around. The mortals decided that maybe they should take Demeter a little bit more seriously. Anybody who controls food can bless you or they can curse you very, very badly. After that, Demeter figured she'd gotten her anger out of her system. She decided to relax and enjoy life, and the thing that brought her the most happiness in the world was her eldest daughter, Persephone. Oh, sure, she loved her other kids, but Persephone was her favorite. I'm done with drama, Demeter told herself. I'm just going to kick back and enjoy spending time with my wonderful daughter. As you can probably guess, that didn't work out so well 